You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we look to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. I'm Phil, and today I am honored to be joined by Chrissy Ball to discuss many different really cool things. Now, Chrissy is the founder of Ball Yoga. She is a follower of Jesus, and she is a stunt woman, which is just so cool. And so we talk about everything from Marvel movies to the process that we each are going through in life to trauma, and Chrissy was just honored me so much with sharing her story that you get to hear and how she has processed the effect of this trauma in her life. We She has a word for people in dark places and we talk about yoga. So there is so much in this episode that I think will be a blessing to you, a challenge and an encouragement. So friends, thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this conversation is a blessing as you spend a little time with us here at Rua Space. Chrissy, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. It's such a blessing and honor to get to talk to you today. Well, thank you for having me. I love being here. When I started my yoga journey a little while back, you played a role in it. And I just wanted to say thank you so much because you had no idea who I was when I originally reached out. And we spent <laughs> a lot of time chatting and you were very encouraging and helped me think through some different things. And so now I feel like we get to share this with uh, even more people in the Rua Space audience. So I just want to say thank you personally as well, because it meant a lot. Well, I'm really glad that it meant a lot. And, you know, sometimes I think that we just help to help, you know, I'm sure you do the same thing and don't really think much of it. So I'm glad that it actually helped you. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to end up diving into yoga and some different things it does for our body and our faith. But I want to start with the fact that you're a stunt woman, which is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel like that's my secret life. <laughs> You know, I was I call it my secret life. Well, that's that's an amazing secret life because you know I was looking through some of the things you've been in and some of my favorites. I mean, I knew we we've talked a little bit about Marvel and such, but even in Bones, NCIS, Southland, Numbers, my goodness, you've been in a lot of things. Well, it's kind of amazing how quickly twenty years goes by. First of all, it's kind of looking back, going, <laughs> how old am I? And then, yeah, I, I mean, I think that when you're in it and when you're kind of cranking through stuff, you don't really think about it, or at least I've, you know, not really thought about it. it so, yeah, it's interesting when it, when we were talking about Marvel stuff, I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I just love hearing when people enjoy uh, those types of things. It's fun. It makes it fun. Absolutely. Well, tell us, what was one of your favorite things you worked on, uh, maybe in that superhero universe? Can you, do you have any stories you could share with us? <laughs> well, I have a lot of stories. It just depends on which ones you want to hear. But um, I think one of my favorite films to work on was X-Men First Class. And um, I, the reason why was because it was um, it was just a really big production and it was 
an amazing team to be a part of. But I say big because, you know, when you're on a big production like that, I mean, I was nervous. And I had to push myself in certain areas to kind of work through some of my nerves. And we had a lot of rehearsal time. Um, to work out some different scenes. And so I think that was one of my favorite films because I was having to push myself, you know, kind of outside of my comfort zone and do things that I wasn't used to doing. So when you're in that moment, when you feel nervous, when there's all these eyes on you, where do you go? What do you do? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Well, as we talk about yoga, before I started my practice, I would hold my breath and just kind of like, I don't know, tough through it, you know, like just bear through it. And after I started yoga, I take a breath (laughs) and then I get present. And when I take a breath, I usually almost always, that reminds me to get grounded in my faith. So I say a prayer because usually at that time I'm scared or I'm having to do something that is, you know, that I could either die or it's just, you know, really dangerous um, for the people around me. And so I will pray to um, just be covered either me or the team. And then that is kind of the grounding place. And that helps me keep my brain together. (laughs) That is awesome. So, but it's not always, I mean, it's not like you just do that and everything is always perfect. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that happen and I'm just kind of, I've learned how to be open to things not always being perfect. That's a good word that, you know, I mean, I, well, personally, I have a natural bent toward that story because our name is Rua Space from breath and Mm. from spirit. And so... To us, of course, that that makes complete sense to return to that breath. I love it. But then also, um, you know, today when we're recording this is actually Good Friday. And so, you know, no no matter when you listen to this, there is this basic truth that sometimes things just are hard and they are not going to become easy. And I think it's okay to have that experience. So uh, thank you for sharing that. That's I, I think there's some really good stuff in there for sure. Well, and I think that, I mean, uh, you said it perfectly. And I think the image is that it's like, okay, I took a breath, I prayed, and it all went great. And that is just not reality. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that is just not how most things work, right? In our lives, or even in what we were just talking about with work. I mean, that's reason why even in a film, they do take one, two, three, sometimes 10, 15. You know, sometimes there's a lot on the line, and we only have one take, and that's it. And there's a lot of pressure in that. But even so, we still might not get it right. And um, I think that is what I want to continue to share is how imperfect um, the process is, right? How mm. imperfect, um, how imperfect the experience is, even if it looks polished and put together on the outside. Oh, so true. How, how did you come to own that? Because did you always feel that way or was there something like a one-time thing or a process? How did you come to really live that experience and that truth? Oh, man, what a great question. I mean, I think it's still a process. I'm still working on it. Um, I think I started 
accepting that process um, probably a couple years before starting yoga and just wanting to learn about myself and getting healthy and being in a healthy body and living a healthy lifestyle and just exploring how to, you know, have my mental health in a better place. But it's a, it's a process. It's still a process. <laughs> I don't know. Have you arrived to anything? <laughs> have you no, arrived there? <laughs> I have not arrived there. I think for me, the big thing is the the habit forming. That um, mm. the one thing I notice is that there's certain things I have to be super conscious about and um, really bring to my awareness intentionally when I'm going through a difficulty or whatever the habit might be. But then I'm discovering on the other side, there's things that the more I sort of intentionally return to those habits, the more they start to naturally come up. And so while it's always a process for sure that I will never arrive, even when certain things become habitual, you know, there's times I still just toss them out the window. Right. Um, But that intentionality, I think, really does root down at a deeper level. And so um, I think the process just looks different at different stages for sure. Oh, so beautifully said. And in the process of of being more balanced and healthy, you know, choosing healthier, healthier options or choices of coping, of working through those things. I think that has what has evolved for me. Yeah, you know, uh, instead of being destructive, and being, you know, well, basically destructive is the best word that I could come up with. Um, kind of um, transitioning that, you know, going down that path, and now going down to more of a path of, you know, when when I am going through something that's challenging or imperfect, making different choices um, that are healthier as we're going through it. I love to sometimes ask the question of, is it working? (laughs) Because to look at something and say, well, is this healthy? Is it not healthy? Is it justifiable? Whatever, you know, there's this basic question of, is it bearing fruit? Has it borne fruit in the past? And is it now? Um, So I think that's a really helpful question. I also think this is a great segue then to talk about yoga as one of the uh, ways in which we enter into our body, form these habits, because, you know, you talked about returning to breath and breath work is a huge part of yoga. So share with me then how you got started on the yoga journey and why. Well, I got started on the yoga journey because I was pretty much at the peak of my career at the time. So I had just gotten married. I was working on a TV show. I was going to do a film and life was just going really fast. And it felt very chaotic because we're in LA and, you know, there was just a lot going on. And um, I was, I was struggling with uh, slowing down, slowing my brain down and slowing our life down. It just seemed like great life moments were passing by. And I turned the TV on one day and this was before, you know, yoga was everywhere on social media or anything. <laughs> this was really just on the TV. And there was this this guy, and I'm trying to remember what his name is. I can't even remember his name at the moment. But he was just so peaceful. And when he was when he was talking and talking through a yoga practice, I was like, "Oh, that just is amazing." 
So that's how I started yoga. And I was only able to start for about five or 10 minutes before my brain was just all over the place. Mm. And I just couldn't take the pace. It was just too slow. And because it was so slow, I mean, it was like painful, <laughs> painfully slow. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Um, but I just gradually began to, began to, you know, increase the time. And that just started to become a respite for me to slow my brain down to then be able to pray and then be able to take in, you know, you know, nourishment either from my Bible or something else that I was learning spiritually just in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have had that experience. And what I've been trying to do is um, force myself into that slowness. And it's because, you know, I, I have a history of anxiety and of moving very, very fast. I think quickly, but then I also speak quickly and want to move quickly. Yeah. And that sometimes yeah. can lead to mistakes and lead to, um, in, in my physical space, breaking things. <laughs> not not out of, you know, intentional, but I'm just saying from the moving fast, you know, accidents, sure. those types of things, because it's careless. And so that slowing down uh, has been a big challenge. But like you said, I think it is creating that space to hear that still small voice of God, to slow down and really become present, to truly feel what I'm feeling and and hear what my mind is thinking. And yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that. And, and it definitely is a challenge sometimes, but I, I think I'm growing in it. In, I'm in process, as, we, as we've said already. Yes, yes. As, as a Christian, then, you know, you started to mention that it really opens you for uh, nourishment from God's word, from prayer. So talk to us a little bit about that relationship between your faith in Jesus and yoga, because I know that there's a lot of people out there concerned about this. And, um, you know, I know my own life, many people think it's, you know, you're allowing demons in or whatever it might be. Sure. Um, and so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But for you, what is the connection between your faith? in your yoga practice? Well, I don't mind spending a lot of time on it because I think it's imperatively important. And, and honestly, that, it, that was one of my biggest conflicts at the beginning. Um, I started in a yoga studio called Purple Yoga in Long Beach. And the classes that they offered were hot yoga classes, which were my body just loved. Mm -hmm. And they were non-dogmatic -dog classes, which meant that they did not have any spiritual um, tone to them at all. It was just simply offering yoga postures or poses and you connecting to your breath. And there might have been an inspirational quote at the beginning or the end, but that was it. So this was non-dogmatic yoga. And so I didn't feel like there was a spiritual conflict there until I began to practice more and love it so much that I wanted to take a teacher training. And then I really started to go, ooh, you know, this is not rooted in our faith. And am I doing the right thing? And, um, you know, I over time and as I have been trained, what I realized is that we can make anything mean anything. So yes, if we're opening ourselves up to demons, then we will open ourselves up to that. 
Um, but we can say that for ballet, for taekwondo, all these different forms of movement, if there's any meaning put behind it, or if anybody joins their faith to that, it can mean whatever they're making that to mean. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. So, so f- for me and my trainings, I had to learn as much as I could to see, you know, what yoga I was practicing. And if that was in a line with my faith and what I felt was, um, you know, was going to be spiritually uh, healthy for me and the people around me instead of a detriment. And so I went back to the Bible, right? And I started looking up scriptures and I was just like, um, what's the definition of yoga? Oh, the definition of yoga means to yoke. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's that verse where it says (laughs) when I yoke to Jesus? I'm like, which is that verse? You know, and so I really tried to start thinking about my practice in that way. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, the Bible says if I invite the Lord in to what I'm doing, he is present. And so I felt like my yoga practice was actually a form of worship. And I have made it my form of worship to connect to myself, to my body, and then allow that to be an expression in the world and to the people around me. That is kind of probably a very long answer, um, but one I'm sure that we could spend a lot of time on of of how I began to incorporate my faith into my yoga practice and and honestly feel like, um, you know, people told me not to do movies. They were like, don't move to LA, it is sinful don't do movies. <laughs> Satan's there. It's yeah. his playground. And I was terrified at first. I was like, maybe I shouldn't go, you know, and then I did. And let me tell you something almost on every single set that I've been on. I've talked to somebody about God happened very organically. We would be sitting waiting for a scene to be shot, but we would talk about faith or somebody just curious or, you know, it's just been very interesting how um, the film industry could be very similar to the yoga experience in that way. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I mean, that's a really, that's a really good way to put it. And I think one thing I love you were touching on there was God's reconciling work in the world. And just passage after passage in the New Testament where we're told that God was reconciling the world to himself for God so loved the world, right? All Mm -hmm. of these passages. Mm -hmm. And we see throughout scripture that, you know, like in the book of Isaiah, for example, the ships of Tarshish are named as something that God is going to judge in the, in the, in the final judgment, right? But then when Isaiah gives us a picture of heaven, well, there's the ship of Tarshish sailing for God's kingdom. We're like, wait a minute. I thought that thing was evil and deserve judgment. And God is saying, yeah, but there, there's goodness often hidden underneath something and someone else might be using it in a way that is not honoring to God, but we have this invitation to reclaim it, to redeem it, mm-hmm. to reveal where the light is. And so I feel like you're talking about movies and yoga and you are a ambassador of reconciliation. Well, I, I mean, that would be an honor and I would hope to be, you know, and it, it, like that is my hope imperfectly, 
right? Imperfectly every single day. How do we be a light in a dark place? How do we share, you know, um, the, the wholeness or like you said, the reconciliation that we've been given um, and also get that while we're on the yoga mat because I need healing. And as you touched on before, having some anxiety, you know, all of our anxieties or insecurities or depression uh, manifest in different ways. So for me, I never realized that movement was healing for me movement on my mat has has taken my healing or as we started talking before we began today trauma to a completely different level i didn't realize i needed to move my faith inside of my body to get to another level of healing yeah we like to think that we can just work out our issues in our minds that, you know, we're like a brain on a stick, right? It's all about my beliefs and it's about my mental prayer. But, you know, it's in God that we live, move and have our being, right? We're to love our God with our body as well. So it makes complete sense then that to work things out fully, our body has to be included in that. What an epiphany, right? <laughs> I mean, I was stunned when I started discovering that. I'm like, wow. Wow, because just going to Bible study, you know, for me, um, I used to use food to cope. I would just use food to cope with my trauma, with circumstances in life. And, and so I remember being at Bible studies going, okay, I know I should be praying right now, but I'm thinking about the donuts that I'm not allowed to eat in the back of the room. Hmm. <laughs> Why do I keep thinking about the donuts that I'm not allowed to have? I should be praying. And and there was a there was a internal battle happening, you know. But my hands were folded and my eyes were closed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in my brain, you know, um, spinning out. So how has movement helped you in that way? What have you kind of, as you've entered into postures and flows and things, what has that done for some of that trauma or what has that done for some of those issues differently than before you were practicing? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, we touched on it a little bit before where, you know, the reason why you know, we do yoga postures or the movement of yoga is not just for the physical benefit. It's great to be strong and it's amazing to connect to the breath, but the movement connecting to the breath helps begin to calm the brain down, the thoughts that move through our mind down. And that's what it really did for me. So at the beginning, um, when I first started yoga, when I would go onto my mat, it would simply be a space of respite for me from life, from all of the expectations that I felt were happening around me. Like you said, there was a lot of pressure on some of the jobs that I was on. And, you know, I just felt like on my mat, there was no expectation. Mm -hmm. And so it was simply physical at first. And then as I began to practice a little bit more, like, I don't know if this happens to you in your practice, but after I'm done moving and kind of sweating out all of those anxious thoughts or just my mind spinning, I'm able to sit and be still. 
And Absolutely. that's when I feel like I can connect, you know, with God. And so that is what my practice, that's where my practice has evolved to. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement on that. I often um, go through some sort of flow, some sort of movement before entering a time of prayer, because I have found out that it helps root me in the present moment. It returns me to my body. It returns my mind um, away from all the distractions to what matters most. And it really, to me, I feel like just creates that space to have some meaningful prayer time. So we were starting to talk about trauma a little bit. And I, I mentioned this to you a little before we started recording, just you are a great voice for um, some really difficult things that have been happening in our, happening in our culture. Um, especially around a certain university. Yes. Are, are you willing to talk a little about that and how you think yoga and faith and these things could be healing for people? Because I know in that one circumstance, it's one thing, but even our world right now is going through trauma. So could you share that story a little bit with us, how that speaks to you and, and how your voice can bring healing and how this practice can bring healing? Sure. Well, um, you know, what you're referring to is that um, I was a former gymnast at Michigan State University. So I was on the gymnastics team from 1996 to 1998. And then I took a medical dis disqualification because I had a severe knee injury and other just tons of injuries when I got to college. I mean, as a gymnast, you know, we're pretty banged up anyways before, but when I got <laughs> to college, I, I became severely injured. And so our team doctor was Larry Nassar, which um, I don't know, you know, just even saying his name is difficult because this was a person that I trusted very much and that we saw almost daily. And so he um, was a person that did all of our physicals and decided when we re would return from injuries and was very instrumental in diagnosing and treating all of our injuries. Mm. And so um, there has been a lot of just, uh, I don't know, my world just completely turned upside down. I think it's been three years ago now, maybe four years since the first accusation came out of sexual assault. And so, um, you know, there are still legal matters happening, so I can't get into too many details um, about specifics, but ultimately it was and has been a completely devastating experience to learn that we were in such an abusive environment um, that I and many girls experience sexual assault and harassment and um, internalized it as, like for me, I've always internalized that as my fault and mm. my responsibility, not even knowing that we were in an abusive environment. I personally just always thought that I couldn't handle being a collegiate athlete. And so... Um, the way I coped with feeling like I was a failure even at in as a collegiate athlete, because when I got there, I just wasn't able to perform the way I, I knew that I was capable of. I, I just couldn't do it. And I felt like, what is wrong with me? I just can't handle being a college athlete. I just keep getting injured. 
And so um, there was a lot of guilt and frustration with my body and feeling like my body had completely failed me. Um, not recognizing that the people around me and the decisions that people were making were not in my best interest. And so I carried the burden of failure uh, through that experience. And like I had touched on before, began to use food, binging on food, purging food um, as a way to cope with what I felt was being a complete failure um, to my family, to all the people that I left at home from Colorado on a full ride scholarship where I was supposed to be this amazing collegiate athlete. And um, that's kind of, um, I should say kind of, but that's in, in a, a very small nutshell of the experience of some of the experiences um, that I had at Michigan State. And, and there's a lot more um, that at this point, I'm just not able to talk about, but um, the trauma that I took from that experience followed me for years after. And I just got to the place where I was like, I think I'm gonna die. Like I thought, because uh, I would purge probably seven times a day, that was at my worst. And my heart would palpitate and I just thought I was gonna die. And it was kind of like one of those moments where God is just like, are you gonna choose life or death, right? Yeah. And so I was just like, Lord, I wanna live. I wanna live, but I don't know how. And I, I can't live like this. And so um, I couldn't afford to go to a rehab place or anything like that, very expensive. I couldn't afford that. And so I just started reading self-help books. I started going to church. And, um, and then many years later is when I found my yoga practice. So I first went through the Purpose Driven Life, which helped me like stop, I mean like almost stop in its track that downward spiral. And then after the purpose driven life, it was like, I still needed something more, you know, all of this mental work and all about me working on my thoughts and in my heart and my spirit, like all that was great, but I still wasn't connected to my body. I still hated how I looked. I just despised my body on the inside. Everybody that knew me thought that I was perfect and I portrayed myself as perfect, but I hated myself. And there was also a pressure in Hollywood to be thin. And so um, I found yoga. And when I began to connect to my breath, it just, my relationship with my body slowly and gradually began to change. And, and that is what yoga um, has has helped me come to is a healthier relationship with my body and um and and to cope with the trauma that i didn't realize was stored physically in my body um, i didn't realize that i had to release some of that out physically thank you um i'm very humbled and honored by you sharing that story and I, I am positive it will be a blessing to people. And I thank God for that uh, healing journey that you've been on. And I know that um, 
it's even just a blessing to know, like you said, to look at someone um, such as yourself and say, wow, what a career, right? Like what, you know, how fit, how healthy, everything's together. And then to know that behind the scenes, things aren't always perfect and um, that healing is that process. So just thank you. I'm, I'm very honored that you have shared that. Well, I just appreciate that you're open to hearing, you know, that, um, you know, a lot of people want to hear the quote unquote Hollywood story, you know, mm -hmm. that everything is put together in a box. And, and that was me too. I'm not judging that at all. But um, what I feel like um, the practice has done, just the evolution of my faith and practice, my husband, who has helped me so much, um, is that we are all in process. <laughs> we are all coping with something, some sort of trauma. And, and I just have found that um, one of my yoga teachers, I went, my, one of my first teacher trainings was a therapeutic yoga training. And my teacher, Sherry Clampett and Arturo Peel, they were both amazing. And um, Sherry got up at the very beginning of the training and shared part of her story. And I was stunned. Like, I couldn't believe how open she was of sharing her traumatic experience. I was like, oh, my God. But I was instantly connected with her mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. <laughs> like, I'm okay. Like, I don't have to come put together for her. Yeah. It was this permission almost when she shared that it was okay that I wasn't okay or that I had experienced trauma and that was a part of my story that I was healing from. And so that's something that I learned from her and I also have really tried to continue to work on with myself and sharing with the people that I um, do life with or you know, talk to is if it's a safe space to share, you know, so that we can all continue to heal. Yeah, I love on your site and such, you, um, you'll put something like everybody is welcome, but the, the body part will be uh, all caps. So like every body <laughs> is welcome. Yes. And, yes. and I think that that is just beautiful because I think, I, I think there's sometimes a concern among some people that, well, I'm too broken and not me. And maybe it is broken from a physical trauma, a sexual trauma, a relational trauma, an emotional one, whatever it might be. But it also might be the trauma of saying, like you were saying, I hate my body. Right. And yes. I can't forward fold like that person or I can't do an arm balance or I can't do I can't do downward facing dog. And so that's just not for me. Right. And I, I think what we are doing as a Christian community practicing yoga is saying, hey, you're invited to go where your body is taking you to go. And this isn't always about the full expression of the pose right away, right? Maybe not ever, but about making that space and learning to truly feel again, because feeling can be painful at first, right? But it's that invitation back into that. And I, I just have seen and experienced so much healing in that no matter where someone is on that journey. Oh, you just said so much in that. <laughs> 
said so many things right now. Um, you know, first, like you said, it's just like um, how we do anything is how we do everything. So the way we show up onto our mat, if you're showing up like as a perfectionist, then you're going to try to perfect your practice. Mm. You're going to try to perfect a pose. And, you know, I don't know how it's been for you as a yoga teacher, but for me, it took me a while to figure out who my people were. You know, at first I was just like, am I supposed to go teach yoga in one of these expensive <laughs> health clubs and whatever? And I tried that and I was like, okay, this is a total train wreck because if you know me in any way, like my hair is slapped up in a ponytail right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I could care less if you're wearing a $200 yoga outfit or five bucks from wherever, you know, some sweats, like, let's just get on the mat. So for me, that was not a good fit being in those places where, and maybe it just made me think about being that put together perfect image that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took me a while to find my people. And in that process, it was great because I gravitate towards people that feel like they can't do yoga or that they feel like they're too overweight to do yoga. And we jam, we figure out how you could get into a forward fold in your way. Yeah. Like what do you need? Do you need a chair? Do you need a this? Like how do you connect your breath to your body no matter where you are? And um, I can't remember who wrote this quote, this person that wrote this quote, but they said, it's not about the yoga pose. It's about who you are when you get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not that you're doing a headstand. Maybe you just literally put your head down towards the floor. But maybe your heart is in a different place. Maybe you love the extra 50 pounds on your body right now when you absolutely hated it two weeks ago. That is the full expression of a pose. That is a full expression of your practice. Amen. Amen. So what would you maybe say to someone then who is in a difficult spot, in a dark spot, who feels lost, who is scared of their body? What encouragement might you have for them right now? Wow. Um, I would say, you know, ask yourself the question, what do I need right now? (laughs) What do I need right now? What do I need right now? I think that if you start right where you are without an expectation, and and the key word is start, and that could simply be you asking the question to yourself, what do I need right now? So if I reflect back when I was in my darkest place, my darkest place where I literally was knocking on death's door, and I asked myself the question, what do I need right now? In that moment, I needed unconditional love. Because I think that unconditional love is the only thing that can pull you from death's door, hmm. right? And, and when I was able to answer that, all of a sudden it was like, I was able to pray, Lord, you know, I need you, Me, you know, uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, you know, ask him. So at that point, asking for love and then love starts showing up. Slow, 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 small steps, you know, looking for those little bits of hope, looking for the little bits of hope. 
you know, without expectation, without judgment. And maybe that's just you getting to neutral, right? Like maybe that's not like waking up in the morning and going, I've arrived because <laughs> that's not real. Nope. You know what process, I mean? Like maybe process. it's looking for the, yeah. Like maybe it's looking for that glimmer of love that day, right? Mm. Finding that one speckle of hope and then building on it. And, and to me, that's what I would say to somebody that is in their darkest place. You know, what do you need? What do you need? Because if you can name it, then you can start asking for that. Lord, I need you to nourish my heart right now. It's completely broken. It's a you good know? word. Thank you. Beautiful. To shift just a little bit, because we're coming close to the end of our time, um, can you share with us maybe your favorite flow or your favorite posture and why? You asked me that before and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite flow is um, I like I like combining different poses instead of just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Because then it makes my brain have to like, you know, I, I've got to kind of click my brain into autopilot, you know, when I'm when I am flowing through a sequence that you can't, you know, you don't know what to expect next. Yeah. So I love flows that are that are unique and have just different poses uh, sequenced together in a hot room. I love my favorite is hot yoga. I just feel like when I sweat, when I have the physical sweat, it's kind of like a detox and I'm able to just, you know, breathe, sweat, move. Um, favorite pose? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like pigeon pose. Yes. I love pigeon pose. Absolutely. It's complicated. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I like anything for me personally that um, really stretches the hip because I just feel like so much tension is stored there. You know, the first time... I did yoga, like on a you know kind of officially it was in graduate school, and the person I think we did it as like a figure four, like a reclined you know one leg yes. pigeon, and it felt like you know twenty years <laughs> of of stuff was released in that two or three minutes that we were there, and I think ever since that's just been a comfort position for me to go back to. Let me release this stuff from my hips. Yeah. Well, our emotions are stored in our hips. And yeah. like, isn't it crazy to do a yoga pose and go, oh, you know, <laughs> where you feel like you're actually getting almost an emotional release? Absolutely. You know, it's just amazing. But and and when you describe 20 years worth of, you know, 20 years worth that released in three minutes, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy, but... That's how the, those good old hips, they store a lot of emotions. Well, and I didn't even realize that I was living with pain and discomfort until I stopped for a minute and stretched it. And I'm like, whoa, that's not how I'm supposed to feel all the time. <laughs> well, no, and especially as a man. I mean, when I teach men in my class um, and my husband, um, it's almost like you guys are taught from from. However, I mean, from the time you can remember, suck it up, 
and push through it and provide like, let's go. And, um, there's a lot of feeling that gets cut off from there and it gets stored in the body. And so when I teach men, it's just amazing how tight their hips are. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, figure four is a great hip release, especially for men. Wonderful. Well, Chrissy, this has been an absolute blessing. I, I'm just so grateful for all that you've shared for um, trusting this space with your story. Um, I pray that those listening have been uh, blessed and encouraged by it. Where can people find you online to go further? So you can find us at www.ballball.yoga. And we are on Facebook, but I keep changing our Facebook page. So if you search ball yoga something, then we should be able to pop up there. And we're on Instagram. I'm working on being better on Instagram, Phil. <laughs> so we are at ball dot yoga on Instagram. Um, so yes, friends, I will find us. I'll put those things in the show notes. Definitely worth checking out. Chrissy again. Thank you. This has been an absolute honor. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey friends, Phil here again. Before you go, I just want to thank you again for joining us for this conversation with Chrissy Ball. I pray that you are blessed and encouraged. I do highly recommend you go and check out Ball Yoga. Go and check out some of Chrissy's classes. I know that they can help you as you create space for the spirit. And I also want to announce that this week we released our first course here at Rua Space called The Heart on Fire. We cover seven different practical and engaging prayer practices that can help you in your own prayer life as you talk to God and as you hear from God. And this week, so for the next couple days through Sunday, April 26, this course is free. And so I will put the link to this course in the show notes and as well as the code that you need to enter on the website at checkout to get it for free. I believe this can be a blessing to you friends and so I encourage you to go check that out. Download the course, let us know what you think and if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time friends, grace and peace be with you.